When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and we're back on track. We're back on schedule. Every Thursday, here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, you get the huddle reloaded, where we look back on Tuesday night's show with Teddy Lehman and Toby Rowland, which you can see live on location at Rudy's every single Tuesday night. But because it's not on the radio network, you don't really get to hear it very much. And it's one of my favorite shows. There's so much information. So I thought, let's bring this bad boy to the podcast. So here we go. A look back at week one with Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Here we go. Week one in the books, 49-31. The Sooners a victory on opening night over Houston. What would you think? Well, it's week one, so there was there's definitely some things in there, you know, that you see in week one. Penalties, we had a couple turnovers, missed a couple of field goals. But outside of that, I thought there was a ton of really good stuff. I thought Jalen Hurts was just fantastic. I thought defensively there's some things to really be excited about. They're not there yet, as they've been telling us all training camp. It's it's not going to be exactly where, where we want to be week one. But I think there are some signs uh, for some things that may be coming down the, the pipeline here that we could have some fun defense this year. We're going to unpack all of that, especially on the defensive side of the ball coming up. But let's start on offense. And you got to start with the big story, not just of this game, not just of Norman, but across the nation this week. Jalen Hurts with an historic performance, 508 yards, 
six touchdowns, three through the air, three on the ground. How do you do, Mr. Hertz? Welcome to Norman. Unbelievable. I, I thought he was fantastic. You know, in I know he's played a lot of big-time football, but you would still think that you might have some jitters, a little bit of nerves coming out in a new offense or playing for a new team in a new stadium. But, gosh, he looked like he's been the quarterback here for years. Uh, knew that offense perfectly. I thought Lincoln called a great game to highlight some of Jalen's real strengths. Ran the football, you know, quite honestly, more than I expected. I didn't think he was going to run it that many times. And, you know, he was smart, didn't take many hits, uh, was good out in the open field, getting down and getting out of bounds whenever he had to. I thought his, his passing, the accuracy really stood out. A lot of these were underneath throws, easy completions, but he hit guys right in stride, right on the number that he needed to where they can turn and get upfield for some yards after catch. I don't know that you can really have any complaints. Yeah, there's a couple of throws that he probably wish he could have back, but three incompletions, are you kidding me? We're going to nitpick about a couple of those. I don't think so. I thought Jalen Hurts in his debut as a Sooner was nothing short of spectacular. The thing that impressed me was how simple he made it look. Mm -hmm. He had a massive statistical night, and he did it in a fairly quiet manner. You know, Baker was flashy. Yeah. Baker would dance into the end zone, and he might talk trash to an opponent. Kyler would run in circles three times and then go out of bounds, and you're like, what was that blur? Right. Jalen just kind of methodically... He's like an antelope. He lopes around. He makes the throw. It doesn't seem like he's necessarily having a big night. And then all of a sudden, holy cow. I, we were looking at the final statistics during the post game, and I'm scratching my head saying 61 plays for what was the total, 686 right. or something like that. They average over 11 plays. 11.2 yards, yards play. per play. I mean, that is an unbelievable number. And it seemed fairly quiet like you're talking about. It didn't seem like the flashiest, biggest night of offense that we've seen. But 686, are you kidding me? And he had over 500 yards himself. It was unbelievable. It really was. Now, he had a lot of help out there. I thought the, the running backs were, were fantastic. I thought the offensive line. How about the offensive line for their first start together with those five guys? Good. I thought that was pretty impressive. So let's, let's talk running backs. Let's talk Trey Sermon. He had the biggest night of the backs. Started with the very first carry of the game when he had that nice run and the stiff arm down the sideline. Of course, a little bit later on, he had the uh, uh, the hurdle of the defender right before halftime. Teddy, he looked quicker to me. Yeah, I agree, 100%. He looked quicker. He looked more sudden. You see him in the open field right there. Just makes a great move on a guy. A little shake. Cuts back to the inside. And I don't know if it's just that we've grown accustomed to him coming in as the closer and the running it between the tackles and he turns into a bit of a thumper, but we saw quite a bit of shake out in the open field, and he showed that he's just not a between-the-tackles guy. He's someone that can take it to the distance. He's a, he's a, uh, a deep threat to take, take one to the house. So, man, I thought Trey Sermon was fantastic. He No problem carrying uh, the bulk of the load there. Did a really nice job. 11 carries for 91 yards. Eight-yard average, I'd say that's pretty good. You know, he was hurt the majority of the end of last season. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget just how how dynamic he can be when he's completely healthy. Looks like he could have a big year. Ten different pass catchers for Jalen Hurts and for Tanner Mordecai. Let's start with C.D. Lamb. He had the big touchdown, but relatively quiet night for C.D. Yeah, it was. Um, 
Two catches, 46 yards for him. He had the big touchdown where uh, he broke Scott Free on what looked like was going to be a scramble for Hurts, and he baited that safety into to coming up for the tackle and threw it right over his head. But I think this could be an early season issue for CD where, okay, we know we've got to take away CD Lamb, so that may dictate some coverage. But as the year rolls on and teams start to see that, well, you're going to have to spread the coverage out a little bit because Rambo, because Bridges, because Basquin, all these different guys, you're not going to be able just to pile up on, on one guy. So I think it's going to open up for CD. He's just going to have to stay a little more calm out there. And there were a couple of times when Jalen took some underneath stuff, the easy completion, whenever I did think that he had CD for some opportunities downfield. Charleston Rambo did have an explosive game. He had the big orange bowl. You know, there was a question coming into the year. They lose Hollywood Brown. Where's the speed, the breakaway speed going to come from? He looked pretty fast on a couple of these uh, crossing patterns. Well, I guess so. Patterns. This That looks just like uh, Marquise Brown right there, taking a little crossing route and turning up Phil for a touchdown and outrunning everyone to the goal line. Uh, you know, and Marquise Brown was definitely a, a track guy, but I don't know that we're ever going to say we're lacking in anything when it comes to the right. uh, wide receiver core. We've got so many guys that can do so many different things. All three or four, if you count Stogner of the true freshman pass catchers played, maybe the most impressive, Jaden Hazelwood. Showed some power here, showed some real shiftiness mm -hmm. a little later in the game as well. No, I thought all the young guys played well. Um, you know, there's spread the ball around quite a bit. Different guys got in the action. And whether it's Hazelwood or it's Bridges, I think these guys are as advertised and throughout their careers here, all going to make big contributions to this offense. Opening segment is presented by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Here's the um, interesting thing coming out of this game. Oklahoma goes for, I think it was 686 total yards. C.D. Lamb, pretty pedestrian night by his standards. Kennedy Brooks, pretty average to below average night by his standards. Grant Calcaterra, not a big showing by his standards. Trey Sermon, probably the biggest night of the Stars. He still didn't have 100 yards. Those are probably the four biggest playmakers on offense returning or at least thought of coming into this year and they all had really average right. to below average nights by their standards which means other guys were contributing to get to that 686 yard total which is scary right. for opposing defenses on down the line no it really is and i don't know that you can really just single one or two guys out and say that these numbers are going to come up and they're going to be a lot more involved in this offense at least early in the season. Early on, you know, we've got South Dakota coming in, UCLA. I, I've, I feel like we're going to handle these teams pretty easily, which means the ball's going to be spread out a lot. They're going to be rotating a bunch of guys through. They're going to be giving multiple guys carries. Uh, multiple wide receivers are going to be working through in, in different formations. So once we get into conference play, that's whenever I think those stars that we know, your Calcateras, your CD Lambs, I think those guys are going to emerge as your top guys that you go to. But early on, I think it's smart for, for Coach Lincoln Riley to get a bunch of guys out there and as comfortable as possible in this offense. Time for our drive of the game brought to you by AAA Insurance at Homer on the Road. We've got you covered. This is the very first drive of the season. Oklahoma gets a three and out on defense. 
Jalen Hurts opening snap. Teddy, here's the handoff to Sermon in the long run. Yeah, and he makes a guy miss right there at about five or six yards downfield, and, and that's the difference. You know, I think the old Trey Sermon just puts his head down and tries to bowl over that guy. He made him miss there and turns into an explosive play. Second play here, you see the swing pass to Charleston Rambo, and this one's getting in the end zone. Three-play touchdown drive to start the season. How do you do? Yeah, pretty quick. Uh, the swing route to Rambo was great because he put it on the right number, and then here you catch a fullback out of the backfield. And uh, I think the biggest play of this drive was maybe the headbutt over on the sideline <laughs> after the touchdown from, uh, from Coach Beamer there. But that was a lot of fun, and it just shows you when this thing is operating cleanly like it's supposed to, I mean, three-play touchdown drives really aren't that out of the ordinary for this group. Lincoln Riley listed Shane Beamer, by the way, on the injury chart for the team <laughs> this week after Gotta he got the it. stitches down the middle. Here's what Dana Holgerson, the head coach at Houston, said about the Oklahoma offense after the game. I, I've seen that happen a lot against this group, okay? I mean, this is, this is however many years in a row. Uh, I didn't think I'd be saying it again. But uh, four years ago, they were good. A year later, they were the best offense in college football. A year later, with a new quarterback, they were the best offense in college football. A year later, with a new uh, quarterback, you know, that looked the same to me. You know, Jalen's obviously played a lot of ball, and they've had the same play caller for five years. They've had the same old line coach for five years. They've had the same running back coach for five years. They've had the same receiver coach for five years. Uh, they've recruited at a pretty high level, so they don't just, you know, they don't start over. They just plug people in and keep going. That's that's continuity, and that's that's where OU is right now offensively. So, you know, if you think, I mean, we didn't play great on defense. We got to improve. But I'm going to take it for a grain of salt of who we're playing. I've, I've seen it a lot. He's a good coach. They're going to win games at Houston. He's tired of seeing Oklahoma. Don't you kind of feel sorry for the guy? He's, yeah. he's a good coach, did a good job at West Virginia, and is going to do a good job at Houston, but he's 0 for 8 against the Sooners and yeah. has given up an avalanche of points. But join the crowd, right? You ready to talk some defense? Oh, am I? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Sooner defense started with a flurry on Sunday night, and Kenneth Murray really was the head of the attack, the preseason defensive player of the year in the Big 12, and K-9 showed up early and often on Sunday. He did. I thought he was fantastic. You know, we've all known that he's a great athlete and has great speed and and, and some of those those just the assets of a, of a great linebacker, the reach, the the strength, the ability to fly. But man, it's it's it showcased so much more in this defense. When those defensive linemen up front chew up blocks, penetrate gaps, it frees him up to really roam behind the line of scrimmage and fly to the football unabated. Instead of having offensive linemen up to the second level in his face a whole football game, like has been the case the last couple of years. He's able, it's like he's just been released and can just fly around out there and use his athleticism. So I expect more of this from, from Kenneth Murray. I really do. Let's talk about that D-line. They were active. They were in the backfield, whether it was Ronnie Perkins, Neville Gallimore. You saw them all night long causing problems. Every single guy that has played football at Oklahoma defensively, I feel like had their best game. I thought Perkins had his best game. I thought Gallimore, who's played a ton of football here, I thought he had his most impactful game. 
So, yeah, th this this new scheme, look at Ronnie Perkins there, take a running back right back into the lap of the quarterback. And on that same play, Jalen Redman over here takes three guys and gets there. So it, it's just it's so much different to see those guys up front pinning their ears back and using their athleticism instead of catching guys and waiting for a running back to make a cut before they try and disengage and fall into into a tackle. It's penetration. It's an attack mode. It's so fun to watch. And the difference, you know, we talked about with Kenneth Murray, just being able to run and, and the blocks being chewed up in front of you. But the blitzes are so much more effective because guys are flying off and they're used to penetrating. They understand what it's like to get to an edge of a guy. So I, I'm telling you, this front seven is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Secondary didn't get a huge test the other night, but when they were tested, they held up pretty well. Well, they did. Well, <laughs> that's what happens when you get constant pressure on a quarterback. It changes things on the back end quite a bit. The most help you can ever have for a secondary is a great pass rush. And that quarterback was running for his life the entire night. There's Neville Gallimore collapsing in the pocket, gets held, uh, shouldn't have hit there. I mean, that's one of the things that really cost his defense was some penalties, but they were aggressive penalties. So um, they weren't smart plays, but it's stuff that you feel like you can get fixed. Um, I mean, all in all, I got to say a, a really good start for this defense. Not perfect. In no means perfect, but a really good start. Special teams, really the um, disappointing thing about the night, 0 for 2 on field goal tries and eager to uh, visit with Lincoln Riley in the next hour to see whether or not we'll see a change there or not. Maybe not. We'll see. But not, kind of a discouraging start. Only two missed field goals all last year for Austin Cyber. Yeah, two missed field goals and a big penalty on a kick return. But other than that, I know that's a lot, two missed field goals and a, and a penalty that amounted to, what, 45 yards or so? Uh, they're out midfield and then in, we're inside the 10. Other than that, though, I thought the coverage units were outstanding. Yeah. We pinned them inside the 20 several times. Um, I thought the field goal block is something new that we haven't seen in more a while. Aggressive. This is a much more, this is the same defensive coaches coaching that field goal block, and it is much more aggressive. They're piling in there. They're, they're trying to pour through that line of scrimmage and block those guys on uh, field goals and extra points. So, um, yeah, some hiccups there, but there were some some good signs on special teams as well. Texas uh, got off to a win. Got off to a good start with a win over Louisiana Tech. Of course, they got the big one coming up this week. But Sam Ellinger and the boys, no problem in week one. A clean win for them. Um, Louisiana Tech didn't didn't offer much resistance for for Texas. We saw some some really nice plays from a couple of different guys. Colin Johnson is picked up right where he left off from a year ago is going to be a great player for them I thought they developed a couple different skill guys that that are working into this offense and you know we really know Ellinger as kind of a Tebow type of guy he's a physical runner kind of grittiness and toughness is what he gets by on but year after year he's improving as a passer so getting better time for the big 12 report presented by red carpet charters Red Carpet Charters, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. There you see it, 10-0 in week one. There were some scares, but the Big 12 comes out unscathed. Any of those other games that caught your eye? Yes, Kansas State. There were some people that thought Nichols was going to go in there and test Kansas State, a team that doesn't have much talent, a new coach, but they looked really good. Put up a bunch of points offensively. I thought Baylor is a number, another team that went out and really impressed to think how far they've come 
from losing to, I believe, Liberty in the opener uh, two years ago and now just stomping Stephen F. Austin 56-17. That three-year turnaround there by Rule and company has been pretty impressive at Baylor. It ended up being a relatively pedestrian opening weekend of college right. football with one exception. There was one humdinger of a game, but all the big boys ended up winning and moving on. Let's take a look at Alabama. They uh, sputtered a bit, especially in the first half against Duke, but turned it on late and had no problem. Yeah, they did. They uh, it, it was a little slow coming out of the gates. Duke looked really good on the defensive side of the ball. Took Alabama a while to get rolling offensively. Taking them a long time to get yeah, going. Here. Yeah, could get the ball snapped. But once they got moving, they they dominated in Alabama fashion. And, um, you know, they just overwhelmed Duke, which Duke has turned into a pretty solid football program. Uh, Alabama's just too talented. Even whenever they get off to a slow start, they don't make many mistakes. And they just, again, overwhelm you with talented players at several different positions, Al all of the positions. Well, Alabama's had a bunch of injuries on the defensive side of the ball in the preseason, especially at the Fancy linebackers. Suspensions on Dylan, Dylan Moses, a big loss for them. Yeah. Any concern there for you? About them? I mean, he, he's one of the better players in the country. At um, the, A lot of people say the best linebacker in the country, one of the better defensive players in the country. So they're going to feel that a little bit. Now, it's better for them that it happened before the season started rather than late, and you have to throw a guy in there with no experience. But um, they get to put someone out there that can gain some some game experience early on against some, some lighter opponents. And then by the time you're down the stretch and, and hit that stretch run of football, you got a guy that's played a whole season of football. So I think they'll be, be able to overcome it. Like I said, they, they've got a whole, a whole roster full of talented guys, five-star athletes. So I think they'll be okay. Pretty interesting to see Nick Saban and really all of Alabama's reaction to Jalen Hurts' big night as well. It seemed like they were thrilled. I don't know if I've ever seen a transfer where it seems like everybody is thrilled for him other than maybe Houston. Well, they're thrilled now. They won't be thrilled if their quarterback's sitting there in a Heisman uh, ceremony against Jalen Hurts because yeah. we know who's got the better story there. And they won't be thrilled if they've got to go up against him in a college football right. playoff either. So right now, so likable. it's I fun. Mean, yeah. He left there one of the more likable Crimson Tide players of all time. And, and you're right. We'll see. Things could change on down the line. Ohio State, meanwhile, they've got a new quarterback. Uh, Justin Fields transfers from Georgia to the Buckeyes, and he looked really good in his debut. No, he did. It looked, early, looked like early on they were going to, you know, score 100 points on Florida Atlantic. But, yeah, he looks fantastic. He's, he's what we thought, super athletic, uh, gifted athlete, can really run the football as you see him go untouched there to the end zone, has a big-time arm. Now, how accurate is he on some of the underneath stuff? I don't know, but throwing the ball down the field, I thought he looked really good. They'll get a better test this week. Cincinnati comes yeah. to town. They've got a good defense. Yep. Cincinnati Luke does. Fickle's got a good team. Uh, Ohio State should win the game, but that'll be a much tougher test. No, it will. They've got you know, defensively, they've got guys that can get after the quarterback, rush the passer, some big athletic guys on the outside. Got to watch quite a bit of them last year against UCLA and was really impressed with some of the talent that they've stockpiled over there on defense for Cincinnati. Here was the game of the weekend, Saturday night in Jerry World. Teddy, how did Oregon lose this game? They quit playing. They quit calling plays offensively and tried to stall this thing out and just fall across the the uh, the end line there instead of just keeping the hammer down and 
and doing what got them they there. They should have been up four scores in the first half. Yeah, they, they I, I thought they got too conservative and just tried to run the clock out on Auburn, who, you know, I thought down the stretch, you know, didn't even really look that great in the comeback effort. You know, uh, you got to be impressed with Bo Nix, even though statistically his night was pretty ho-hum. Showed some guts. He showed some guts. And as a true freshman, the first guy to start there at true, as a true freshman in forever. So pretty impressive to get your first win against a team like Oregon, thought really highly oh, of what a call at a neutral site place. Yeah, I, that was a very gutsy call. Kind of shocked that they did that, but hey, caught him, caught him in a one-on-one -on -one there and let his guy go make a play. He makes the tackle there in the field of play. It's well, real interesting to see whether they get a if you, field goal. To if they tempo. bring the replay up again, you c if the defensive back just goes and catches the football, it's the interception. Yeah. As soon as the ball's thrown, he goes and he finds the wide receiver. If he just makes a play on the ball, you go. it's an easy interception. Top 25 across the board. Again, only Oregon fell to defeat. Everybody else uh, victorious. Any overreaction that you noticed across the country in week one? <sighs> Oh, we I don't all tend know. to overreact in week one. We do. I'll tie one into our conference. Now, I don't know nationally that anyone really cares about Iowa State or thinks that highly of them. Around here in this conference, we do because mm -hmm. we've seen what they've become over the last couple of years. They go to overtime, triple overtime there with Northern Iowa, who is a really good football team. And I think there's a little bit of Iowa State maybe looking ahead. I just, I, I'm not going to abandon Iowa State and say, oh, they're not going to be any good this year. Look, they barely beat Northern Iowa. I think that I, I would still project them. I had them finishing third preseason. I still think that's the case with them. Until, until I see something different and they lose a football game, then I, I may change my mind. But as of right now, I still feel pretty good about Iowa State. Cyhawk showdown is this week, I believe. I think they have a bye week this week. Okay, so the and next game next is yes. the Iowa game. We'll know a lot more about them uh, after they play Iowa. Let's take a look at our Pick'em segment and see, uh, first off, how we did last week. Every week we pick five games across college football, myself, Teddy, and our producer, Zach Tilly. And kind of falling into form as a year ago, Teddy, you're good at this and I'm terrible. UCLA and Cincinnati. Uh, you both took Cincinnati, and that ended up being right. We all took the Cowboys. We all took Stanford. Teddy, you called the Boise State upset at Florida State. That shouldn't have happened. It didn't look very good for the first I half. I should get credit for that one, and he you're going to steal it from. Same thing with Oregon. We all should have been right on Oregon, and they blew it as well. I so. got to tell you, you know, Florida State, Taggart's coming off a really bad year a year ago. There's, there's quite a bit of pressure there to win right now. I found it shocking today to hear that well we weren't in good enough shape yeah I mean dehydration he said that's that's saying that you didn't have your team prepared to play uh, that's just it's not a good sign this early in the year all right so there we go Teddy a one game lead over producer Zach Tilly to start the season and he's up two on me so here are the five games we're picking this week and we start in the big house now Army came into Norman a year ago pushed the Sooners to overtime gave us all quite a scare the men of the U.S. Armed Forces in the big house this weekend to take on Michigan. Who you got? I'm going to take Michigan. Um, I've really liked what Michigan's done defensively over the last couple of years. It's going to be a lot more difficult, I believe, for Army to hang on to the football, march it down the field slowly, and punch them into the end zone. So I'm going to take Michigan. Still going to be a low-scoring game, but give me Michigan. I got Michigan, too, more for what I saw out of Army in week one. Army got 
pushed by Rice and they had to score a late touchdown to win that game at Mikey Stadium on Army's home field. So they didn't look to be in midseason form. Maybe they were saving everything from Michigan. I hope so, because I'd love to see that upset. But I'll take Michigan. It looks like Tilly is taking Michigan as well. Game number two in our college pick'em segment this week, Maryland and Syracuse. A little bit of an off-the-radar game in the ACC. Maybe it's off the radar for good reason. That could be argued. But Syracuse got the win in week one. Remember Dino Babers waving up into the uh, press box? <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Freeze uh, was at a hospital bed. I feel so. I feel bad for Hugh Freeze. The last thing you want is someone to to be in that type of position. But is it the weirdest thing to see a guy in a hospital bed? It's bizarre. Thumbs up from the press box. It, it was bizarre. But Syracuse <laughs> shut him out. Shut right. out Liberty. There's a fly up here driving us crazy. And uh, Maryland got a lopsided win in Week One yeah. as well with their new head coach. Who you got in this one? I like Syracuse. Uh, I really like Dino Babers. What he's done there. They're really good offensively. It's kind of similar to what we we know whenever we watched Baylor years ago under the Bryle system. They're they're up tempo. They throw it down the field a ton. He's done a really good job there. Give me Syracuse. This is my who cares game of the week. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the home team. I'm taking Maryland. I don't know much about either one of these teams. Tilly is taking uh, Maryland as well. Our third game, Nebraska and Colorado, the old Big 12 showdown, the old Big 8 showdown. This one's going to be played in Boulder. Huskers or Buffaloes? I'm taking the Huskers. However, I would have liked a little better week one performance from them. Yeah, ugly. I was expecting year two, this is going to be it. Um, they've got a really uh, a schedule that, gosh, pretty much every game is winnable. They do have Ohio State, but that's in Lincoln. So I'm going to take Nebraska to maybe get this thing going against Colorado. But, man, I, I was not impressed with week one. These two teams played last year in Lincoln. Isn't it just good to see them on the field together agree, again? Yes. and that bring up great memories? Nebraska didn't look good in week one. Colorado did. The game is in Boulder. I'll take Colorado this week. Tilly wow. is taking Colorado as well. Fourth game of our five this week is Texas A. Oh, the biggie. One of the two biggies, really, this week. Texas A&M at Clemson. Now, I heard your radio show. That's right. Driving to the show tonight. Are you right. going to actually make this pick? I'm taking Texas A&M to wow. win the football game, Toby wow. Rowland. Wow. Um, Justify that. Well, I don't know that I can. Rudy's is a murmur right now. I, I don't know that I can justify it, but here's what I'll say about Clemson. I think they, they've won a lot, and there's a little bit of cruise control, I think, with Clemson. We've seen pretty much every year – they have a stinker, and it's usually at home. We've seen Pitt go in there. Uh, we've seen them lose to Syracuse on the road before. Texas A&M now should have got their attention a year ago in College Station whenever that thing uh, went down to the very end. But I think this is a different Texas A&M football team. I, I think they're tougher. I think what Jimbo Fisher's done down there is, is really come in and, and really install a brutal regime on those players. I, I don't know. It's probably a dumb pick. Clemson's probably going to win by 50, but I'm taking Texas A&M for the upset. Clemson was taking this game so lightly, they started this segment with the Colorado logo, but they, <laughs> they got it uh, fixed down. I'm taking Clemson, and so far, in my opinion, this is one of the worst pick segments you've ever had. So I hope you can turn it around here. Really? Yeah, Clemson's okay. going to win that game. Uh, Tilly's taking Clemson as well. 
Fifth and final game, LSU at Texas. What do you got here? <laughs> I'm taking Texas to beat LSU. Um, <laughs> I don't know that there's really a – this is another game that I don't know that I've got something great to justify. We're going to need thing. security for Teddy when he uh, leaves tonight, please. You got, you got two pretty good defenses. I think Ellinger's the better, better quarterback than, than what they've got at LSU. I like Texas to be as ranked as high as possible whenever we beat them down in the Cotton Bowl. Mm -hmm. That's how I always wanted it as a player. So I want the same thing for this team. As soon as they think they're good, you slap them down and remind them who they actually are. I, I actually... I actually agree with you on this one. I think Texas is going to win the game as well. And it looks like Tilly believes so as well. So you just went Texas, Texas A&M back-to-back in that segment. That's impressive. You feel good about that? I feel fine about right, it. I've got good. no problem taking Texas. I was 4-0 against them, so it's like I don't, it doesn't even phase me. <laughs> I've got another uh, question in-house that came in for Lincoln, but I'd, I think it would be good to get your thoughts on it as well. This is from Don. He says, a lot of true freshmen played their first game Sunday. Any reactions by them on their first time on Owen Field? Do you remember your first game at Owen Field and, and the feeling that you had? I do. Um, the first feeling I had was heat. We played UTEP, and it was like 105 degrees that day. Um, I, for me, I had never experienced anything like that. What, I mean, so I was so amped up, um, ran down on the opening kickoff. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I ran as fast as I could. They had, this is back in the, those evil old days when you could run a wedge on uh -huh. kickoff. And I blew up the wedge, okay? And it was great. <laughs> we score, and we stop them, then we score. So we're back out there on kickoff on the, the second time, and I'm amped up again. Here we go. I'm going to go blow this thing up again. So I'm running as fast as I can. I mean, like I'm running the 100 meters. Here's the wedge. I don't break stride. I'm going full speed, and they all just, like, step out of the way. And I go flying on my face. I slide like 10 yards on my belly uh, all the way down to about the goal line. It's pretty funny. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, it's time for our over-under segment to wrap up the show. Four statistical questions about the OU game this week. First off, let's see how we did last week in the over-under segment. Week one, 249 and a half yards passing for Jalen Hurts. He went over that. <laughs> Is that the dumbest under anyone's ever taken <laughs> Tilly in their and I life? We're correct. One and a half touchdowns by Trey Sermon, who did not get in the end zone uh, on right. Sunday. So we all missed that one. 82 and a half total points. The under hit there. We all got that correct. <laughs> Barely. Barely. Uh, 399 and a half of offense for Houston. They went 408, I believe. So they yeah. just maybe on the last play they had covered that so we all missed there so after week one i'm two and two tilly's two and two and teddy is in dead last place at mm. one and three here's our questions for this week's south dakota game number one 60 and a half points for oklahoma will they score 61 or more in this game that is a really high number 60 and a half i'm taking the over though i think they cruise past it i think i think we score on every single possession. I think we score a touchdown probably every possession. Um, I, after watching a little bit of South Dakota, I just feel like we outmatched them so much that we're going to go up and down the field. And it may even be one of those things where um, we get up big, Jalen Hurts comes out, but I don't think there's really any step down. I mean, 
Mordecai is every bit as capable to lead this offense. Mm -hmm. The backups at wide receiver and running back are every bit as capable as the starters. So even whenever you try and rotate some guys in, you really are dealing with top-rate players out there that can still push the ball down the field. I'm going over. Nine times seven is 63. Mm -hmm. I did the math. That means they need nine touchdowns to cover. Five and one half, four in the other. I agree. I think they get there even without trying to run the score up. Right. Tilly agrees. All three of us say 61 points or more in this game. All right. What about South Dakota? 16 and a half over under. I'm going under, and I'll take it a step further. I don't think we give up a touchdown. I think we hold them out of the end zone. I do. I think this group you is. You really brought your crystal ball tonight. You're, you're making bold <laughs> predictions. I like this. I don't even, I don't, I'm, I'm making predictions that aren't even necessary. <laughs> I could just say under. But I think we hold them out of the end zone. I think this team is, after week one, there were some mistakes there, okay? And there was plenty of stuff late that was, that was not good. But I think this coaching staff has shown these guys that if they do it right in this system, the amount of production that they can have is unlimited. And I think you're going to see the hungriest defense we've ever seen take the field against South Dakota. If this is okay with Tilly, I'm willing to give you a bonus point if that happens. However, I would like to offer up one as well because okay. I'm taking the under on this. And I would also like a bonus point because I think that the defense is going to score a touchdown on Saturday night. Deal? A fair trade. Bonus point for you if we hold them out fair of the trade. end zone. Bonus point for me if the defense scores a touchdown. Fair trade. All right, question number three. Oh, Tilly was under as well, so we're all under. Question number three, 15 and a half wide receivers or pass catchers in this game. That's a giant number. Will there be 16 different guys catch a pass in this game for OU? Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I could name 16 different uh, guys on the <laughs> roster that are capable, but yeah, yeah sure. Uh, everyone that dresses out is going to catch a pass, I guess. I, I think you're going to rotate a ton of guys through. Yeah. I think, um, I think the backs are going to catch passes. I'm going to say under because I think they're going to end up at some point handing the ball off a lot. So I don't think we're getting – I mean, maybe 14. I don't think we're getting to 16. Okay, but let me – Quickly because we're running out of time. The bubble's the same thing as a handoff All in right. this well, we'll see. You might be right. 99 and a half yards for C.D. Lamb on Saturday. Over. I think he's going to have a breakout game. Only caught two balls for 46. I think he goes over. Too quiet in the opening game. Right. There'll be a concerted effort for him to have a big one, Why I think, not? on Saturday. I agree with you. I got the over. Tilly has the over as well. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network at 4 p.m. to get you ready for the 6 o'clock kick on Saturday night between Oklahoma and South Dakota. Don't forget the scene setter drops tomorrow, the audio version, and... The Full Coach's Corner Show. Teddy, myself, Roy Manning makes his debut, and Kale Gunn. So make sure to look for that tomorrow at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Until then, everyone have a great Thursday, and Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. 
Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.